Welcome to Elk Grove CityCast, the podcast about Elk Grove. In each episode, we'll dive into hot topics, share what's happening in the city, and introduce you to some of the people making a difference in this place that we call home. Hi, everyone. I'm John Hull. Welcome to the Elk Grove CityCast, our monthly podcast about Elk Grove where we are diving into hot topics, sharing what's happening in our city, and introducing you to some of the people making a difference in this place that we all call home. Joining me each month here on the CityCast is Kristen Lawrence, our public affairs manager. And uh, Kristen, it's been a hot weekend, hot start to the week, hasn't it? As we've it really started has. August, yeah. Uh, but well, real quick, it's great that the city is... Uh, one of has provided a cooling center to our residents who, for whatever reason, lose their air conditioning or don't have it. Um, it's going to be right there near City Hall, if I remember right. Correct? Yeah, there there are certain um, criteria that set us into motion to opening a cooling center. Mm-hmm. Our um, real time information center manager actually is also our emergency manager, Jamie Hudson, and. Um, he does a, a great job of really anticipating the forecasts and working with uh, the Sacramento County uh, Office of Emergency Services and really implementing our um, emergency cooling center plans. And so um, this last weekend was another, you know, warm one, uh, over 100 degrees over, uh, over three days is usually the impetus for um, setting up the the cooling center and it's staffed by the police department and volunteers and um, as I understand it we had uh, one visitor on Saturday a couple of visitors and a dog on Sunday and uh, Monday's the last day that we'll be operating that for this um, part of the heat wave for the summer so it has to be three three really really hot days in a row and then uh, countywide they begin opening these cooling centers is that kind of what the that tends to be the criteria that our office of emergency services follows um and each city has you know its own um jurisdiction to decide whether they're activating their cooling center or not um i think that you know we we implemented that and and Jamie made the call to launch our cooling center even when the forecast i think it it wasn't quite hitting the century mark on uh saturday when we started um but uh sunday and and monday were expected to be some pretty hot days so mm-hmm. um it it's a great opportunity for people that need it to to get into some place cool and um, spend some time uh, and out of the elements. That's, that's so important, so important. In fact, I'm looking at my weather station here at my house, and it's 105 degrees. So we are recording this on a very, very warm August day. Uh, one other thing I want to ask you about uh, before we get to our uh, main topic for today's CityCast is something that the city council has recently approved, which is a new and a revised program to improve storefronts or straight street facing exteriors of the older commercial buildings throughout Elk Grove. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about what that's all about? Sure. Um, The council and our uh, city understand that building owners may not have the funds to make some of the exterior improvements needed to keep our older buildings looking fresh and inviting for visitors. Um, As part of the city's commitment to support local businesses, the economic development team launched a new grant program called the Facade Improvement Program. 
and it will offer matching grants up to $50,000 or 50% of the eligible project costs uh, to help improve individual storefronts or entire commercial buildings citywide. Uh, The program provides professional architecture and engineering services as well. And all of this is being uh, made possible through our Measure E funds that were approved by voters last November. And I understand that uh, this is a grant that will typically cover new signage, awnings, canopies, windows, exterior cladding such as brick and stucco, lighting, non-permanent landscaping, outdoor seating, and gathering areas along with, of course, paint. And uh, it's a great program, and it's one of those things that, for as a resident, I'm encouraged to see our Measure E funding go to work for us. Absolutely. You know, the community expressed a lot of different needs and priorities and um, supporting local businesses and our local economy was one of those. And so this is another way that we're looking to do that thanks to Measure E. So coming up, we're going to be talking about a new position in law enforcement here in the city of Elk Grove. We'll tell you what a community prosecutor will be doing for us in just a moment. On June 14th, the Elk Grove City Council approved a collaborative agreement between the Sacramento County District Attorney's Office and the Elk Grove Police Department for what is known as a community prosecutor. Here to explain this is Lieutenant Dan Templeton of the Elk Grove Police Department. And Lieutenant Templeton, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Well, tell us, define for us, what is a community prosecutor? A community prosecutor is a seasoned veteran of the Sacramento County District Attorney's Office who will be dedicated and embedded inside our department solely focused on the issues and challenges that our community, our city, and our police department uh, handles on a daily basis with a strong focus on quality of life issues um, that we commonly see uh, in any city throughout California. Okay. So will his office actually be in Elk Grove? Yes, actually, uh, he's already moved in. Uh, His name is Anthony Ortiz. He's seated uh, right next to my office, right next door. So I have instant access to collaborate with him on any uh, prosecution projects that our our department may have. Um, Is he then an employee of the Sacramento County District Attorney's Office? He's a full prosecutor? Correct. Uh, We have hit a home run with this prosecutor. He has over 25 years of experience uh, in as an attorney, and with most of his time spent as a Sacramento County prosecutor, um, he's previously worked a variety of assignments through his career. And his last one, he was the community prosecutor for Sacramento County out of their central station and division. So he's very experienced in prosecution and criminal law, and especially when it comes to the community prosecutor program. So, man, we've really hit the jackpot with uh, this this attorney. I've got to meet him uh, last week for the first time. An absolute nice guy. He lives here in Elk Grove. He understands all Elk Grove concerns. Um, he's going to be a great addition and uh, bonus for our department and our community. In, if, okay, so you have a county or a county DA working here in Elk Grove as opposed to working in downtown Sacramento. Why is that such a big advantage to Elk Grove police? 
the most significant advantage is that instant relationship and work consistency we can build with uh, Mr. Ortiz. Uh, the Sacramento County District Attorney's Office has about 175 prosecutors and they are very busy in this county. And so when we have somebody we can go, go to on a first name basis that is across the office from me, any officer or detective can access him. We start to build those relationships and understanding and consistency of he sees the problems and challenges that we experience, the frequent uh, criminals or nuisance places, and then he gets to know the exact challenges and how we can best overcome those challenges using any prosecution tools that he has in his tool belt to help get to the root uh, problem at hand. So the idea then is that he is more familiar with the issues specific to Elk Grove as opposed to being downtown and maybe working a bunch of cases all over the county. Right. His only cases will be that of Elk Grove. So he'll get to know Elk Grove, not only being a resident here, but uh, intimately know the exact criminals, crime, challenges, our staff, Plus, um, it, it's often our time, our staff will have to drive down to meet face-to-face one-on-one with the district attorney. With commute traffic sometimes, that could be an hour-round trip driving only. So as opposed to a one-minute walk across uh, the parking lot or down the hallway and instantly have that connection, that conversation, and uh, save a lot of time and effort um, as opposed to what we've been having doing so far. Okay. Back in June 23rd, an article in the Oak Grove Citizen, you were quoted as saying this prosecutor will specifically work on issues pertaining to quality of life concerns. So could you please define quality of life concerns? Absolutely. It's those type of crimes that impact the community most. Uh, Specifically in Elk Grove, property crime is, is our most significant crime. So any theft from either vehicles, residential or retail, as well as in any loitering or trespassing at, uh, you know, businesses, um, specifically substance abuse and addiction, uh, vandalism, and any nuisance properties that may be causing um, a noise disturbance late at night, or uh, not following city code, or um, any other public safety concerns that impacts a community that makes one's quality of life not as great as it could be. Okay. Well, I know countywide, at least according to what I've read, there are supposedly an uptick in misdemeanor crimes like the crash and grab thefts, shoplifting, some of the things you just mentioned, like home burglaries and thefts. Will having this community prosecutor here in Elk Grove actually cut down on this kind of crime? Absolutely. So commonly, most thefts from retails are a misdemeanor amount, um, not a felony where they're going to uh, have a lot of time and resources to dedicate to prosecution. And for us, we don't necessarily want to prosecute the person who is stealing uh, at a misdemeanor level. We want to know what's happening with that property. Where are they taking that to and now fencing or selling it? That's the organized retail crime that we want to look at. We want to catch the, the, the root cause of why the theft is occurring. So oftentimes people may steal something and then sell it either on the black market or elsewhere. And with the assistance of the community prosecutor, we can work with them to get uh, tracking warrants for their vehicles, um, set up sting and operations. So we're not just looking at catching someone and prosecuting for a theft. We're looking at what's the overall root cause of this and what's the, the large level organized retail crime that we know is occurring not only in your city, but through our region. And with the district attorney's uh, partnerships throughout the county and the region, 
he can help put us in contact with the correct agencies, either CHP or Placer County, because they all communicate, communicate and collaborate on uh, on their retail theft and how can we link cases together. So he'll be the linchpin between not only just us, but regionally of where these folks are stealing, because they're not going just through Elk Grove. They're up and down 99 and I-5 um, hitting businesses. And we want to put a stop to that and, and work with our partners uh, more efficiently. The community prosecutor will be a key in that. In the Citizen article, it mentioned how uh, this community prosecutor will be serving to help the juvenile diversion program. That's part of your departments and part of your jobs, I guess. Uh, one of the things you deal with, uh, Lieutenant Templeton, is the problem-oriented policing team. So can you tell us what that program is all about? Correct. I oversee our problem-oriented policing team, and one of our officers out of that team is dedicated to juvenile diversion and juvenile crimes. The, the goal of the POP unit is to, if we have repeat offenders or repeat uh, cases, what efforts can we do holistically, not just criminally, but holistically to prevent that crime from occurring? One off crime we encounter is juveniles stealing from stores. So we have a diversion program set up is to truly stop that, uh, that cycle of criminal behavior and delinquency and set them on the right path. So should a police officer in Elk Grove respond out to a store or even to a party where there's alcohol involved or um, possession of marijuana and that uh, juveniles receives a ticket that all juvenile tickets gets routed to the pop unit to our juvenile diversion officer. They evaluate the case, evaluate the history. And if they fit the criteria for juvenile diversion, um, then they'll reach out to the parents and offer them to come in and uh, see if their child is a candidate for juvenile diversion. After a hearing of, um, of the facts and the challenges, um, whether we are going to prosecute or not, the uh, POP officer, the juvenile diversion officer, can then set the child or the youth on a contract uh, for four months. And that um, the goal is to break that recidivism, break that cycle of delinquency by either uh, through community service, through writing letters to the victim of uh, apology, through uh, we have them read a book, um, either a jail tour or outreach uh, through other methods to try to refocus that juvenile. And then if they succeed and pass the program, we will not file that prosecution and we will uh, delete it as if it never occurred. Obviously, we have our records, but it won't follow that, that, that kid through his life. And hopefully that will be the linchpin that changes his behavior moving forward. The, ju- the community prosecutor now can come uh, become involved in that and bring more resources and get involved with working with the parents, with our juvenile diversion officer on what other tools that he may see may help set a child up for success. Um, or on the contrary, if we have a, a child who uh, is you know tremendously out of control, lots of crimes, the community prosecutor can get involved early on. And from their perspective, what type of long-term solution can they see? It may not be dual diversion. He may take that as a case of his and follow that child um, as it goes through the process. I gotta tell you that how huge that is knowing uh, as a former teacher, how many of my students made a mistake when they were 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. And, um, and it, it hampered them from getting jobs. And to hear what you just described is incredible because just simply writing to the, uh, to the victim and saying, I'm sorry, I messed up and knowing that eventually going through this program could remove this from their record. It, it means that they could, uh, 
it won't hinder them from getting a job, may not hinder them from getting into college. So right. it's a it completely deletes their criminal arrest history and prosecution as if it never happened. Obviously, there's work on their end. Um, and the parents are heavily involved to go and attend all the classes and the community service. But the outcome is to avoid youth from making a poor decision and end up in the criminal justice system where now become a cycle of, of getting ticketed, cited, arrested, all that stuff. Right. I think earlier you were mentioning how uh, District Attorney Ho said that he has a staff of 175 attorneys and we are spread thin, but we have the assurance that our community prosecutor here in Elk Grove will be exclusive to Elk Grove. He won't be shipped off someplace else for other duties, correct? Correct. Yeah. Mr. Ortiz will be dedicated to our city and our department only. He won't be handling any other cases or workload outside of the city of Elk Grove. And at the end of the year, uh, the community prosecutor, Mr. Ortiz, will prepare an annual report summarizing all the great work that he's performed. I'm really excited to see a year out from now what that report entails and it's almost like, man, I wish we've had this years ago, but hey, it's here today. I'm happy to have it. And this is going to be a game changer for our department, our officers in the community to truly make an impact on crime and quality of life issues, as well as hold those accountable that need to be held accountable. If they require prosecution uh, to change their behavior, then the community prosecutor is dedicated um, to making sure that happens. Right. He will also be helping, I, I imagine, with other policing procedures like seeking search warrants and the like. Is that correct? Absolutely. Our detective division will have instant access to any either high profile emergency cases. Anytime they have a question on something, um, can walk over. In fact, they already have this last week. He's had a line out his door of detective just itching and waiting to come see him and pick his brain and get some guidance. Um, in law enforcement, we have a a law enforcement perspective, but we don't have is as much time in the courtroom of prosecuting cases. And so to have that connection, that expertise, especially of Mr. Ortiz's 25 years of being a prosecutor, like our officers and our detectives are going to learn so much from him. I've learned a lot this last week, and I've been in the game for 19 years of his higher level perspective of what it takes to go through a court process to either get a conviction, um, to get repayment to a victim, to get victim services, those type of things that we may just not know of, he is so knowledgeable in that area and is going to boost our, our IQ of our detectives and staff here. Well, this is some excellent news. I might tell our listeners that first-year funding is possible through the Wilton Rancheria Casinos payments. Um, second- and third-year funds will come from our Measure E 1% sales tax increase. So this is a three-year program uh, and I'm sure you're optimistic it will continue well beyond that. Absolutely. Thanks to Measure E, uh, voter-approved sales tax, that uh, this the community prosecutor program could stay for the life of this department as long as we're continuing to see the benefits that uh, other regional partners have seen with the use of community prosecutor. Okay. We want to thank Lieutenant Dan Templeton of the Oak Grove Police Department for joining us here on the CityCast podcast. Thank you, Dan, for your time. Thank you, John. Happy to be here. Appreciate it. Each CityCast, I ask Kristen questions that I have about the city of Elk Grove. I'm like you, a resident that really cares about our city and how it's run. And if you have any questions too, we'd like to answer them here on our CityCast podcast. Email your questions 
to publicaffairs at elkgrovecity.org. That's publicaffairs at elkgrovecity.org. And I'll be asking Kristen and all the, your questions, and I'll put her on the spot like I'm going to right now. You ready for today's questions? Fire away, John. All right, here we go. You know, once once you're fire once you're fire away that a citizen can can really get involved and informed is by attending city council meetings. So when and where are those meetings and what could an interested person gain by being at city council's meetings? Well, the Elk Grove City Council meets twice a month on the second and fourth Wednesdays of each month, um, aside from major holidays. Uh, in, in the council chambers here at City Hall on Laguna Palms Way at 6 p.m. These meetings are open to the public and meeting agendas are posted ahead of time at City Hall and on the city's website at elkgrovecity.org. So people can even sign up to receive notifications and have those delivered to their inbox. Uh, that happens the Friday prior to the meeting. So uh, as we're recording now, we have a meeting scheduled on Wednesday. Uh, that agenda was posted on Friday, and it's available for viewing on our website. And it's really these meetings where the city conducts its business. It's holding public hearings, setting policy, considering expenditures, and deliberating on projects, programs, and services for the city. The public has the opportunity to shape these deliberations by attending the meetings and providing public comment. Each person can sign up to speak on scheduled items, and they have up to three minutes to share their perspective with the council. And community members can also speak on items that aren't on the agenda, but the council is pretty limited on how they can respond to those topics, and they might refer speakers to staff or ask for the item to be agendized uh, later for a more formal discussion at a future meeting. All of the city council meetings are live streamed on the city's website at elkgrovecity.org and they're recorded and shown on the Sacramento cable access station. So even if you can't get to a meeting in person, you can still watch the meetings and learn more about what's being considered by the city council. Okay. Our next question it deals with traffic, Kristen. It, and I'm specifically going to ask along uh, the areas from Grant Line across Highway 99 to Camera Road. We're starting to see more and more traffic along that thoroughfare. So what is the city plan in developing these roads to handle the traffic and eventually encourage some business development? Yeah, this roadway will eventually become a major east-west regional artery in the future that will connect with Interstate 5 and allow motorists to bypass downtown Sacramento and get all the way to Highway 50 at El Dorado Hills. And it's really part of a multi-jurisdictional project that we're calling the Capital Southeast Connector. Elk Grove and Folsom completed widening in key sections of the road last year. And if you've traveled Grant Line around Bradshaw or Camera Road around Promenade Parkway to Bruceville Road, you can see what I mean. Future widening is planned at Grant Line at Wilton Road and Calvine. And a new extension west from Bruceville Road to Interstate 5 is in the works. But these projects are pretty expensive, as you can imagine, and only partially funded at this point. So it may be a while, like years, mm -hmm. uh, before it all becomes a reality. But the changes are also bringing about additional development along this corridor, and the city has been working on the Camera Road Urban Design Study to determine the best plan for creating a mixture of jobs, housing, public transportation access, and shopping for this new area of the city. 
And there's a lot of information. Um, there's been a study that's been done, um, and it's available on our website at elkgrovecity.org in the area that we consider strategic planning and innovation. So it's uh, new innovations for our future. Okay. Next question also related to development, or maybe in this instance, the lack of development along Elk Grove Boulevard. It, starting at about Les Schwab as you're heading west on Elk Grove Boulevard to, up to about Costco. We've had for years those large parcels of land sitting empty with development all around it. So what, if anything, is being planned for those parcels? I don't know about you, John, but like when I first moved to Elk Grove in 1996, there was nothing developed south of Elk Grove Boulevard. So a lot has happened. A Mm -hmm. lot has happened over the years. Um, But there is these patches of infill that are still uh, shaping up to be what will be our future. There is no proposal yet for the parcel that's right next to Les Schwab, um, but there's quite a bit planned a little further west as you head towards the Ridge Shopping Center. So the vacant land on the west side of Laguna Springs Drive uh, was bought recently by UC Davis, and it's eventually going to be a new medical facility. A little further west than that at Bighorn is Project Elevate. It's the city's uh, mixed-use project. And there are a number number of uh, retail, housing, office, and entertainment uses envisioned for that space. And that's expected to create a new urban-style area in the center of the city. If you've ever been to the Grove in Southern California or Santana Row in San Jose, that is essentially the vision for those 20 acres. West of that is the Village Shopping Center, which will be anchored by a Whole Foods market, and the Yard House is also expected to be one of their major tenants. Um, Lastly, just before you get to Costco, Dignity Health's medical campus is expected to grow to include a five-story parking structure and a six-story, 330-bed hospital. Elk Grove still has quite a bit of space to grow, and there are many development projects in the pipeline. And the city actually offers a comprehensive map that highlights the development projects coming in on our website. You can visit elkgrovecity.org slash development map to take a look at a map of the city that includes markers and details about the projects submitted, including photos and renderings, and find out what stage they're in. The map is updated quarterly. And again, you can find that at elkgrovecity.org slash development map. Okay, and you can email your questions for Kristen to publicaffairs at elkgrovecity.org. Again, publicaffairs at elkgrovecity.org. And I will ask Kristen on a future podcast, and we'll put her on the spot and hopefully answer questions you may have about our wonderful city. For Kristen Lawrence, I'm John Hull, and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Elk Grove CityCast. Tune into the next episode for more interviews and happenings around town. You can find Elk Grove CityCast anywhere you get your podcasts. And make sure to like and follow the City of Elk Grove on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest news and events. Have an idea for a future episode? Send us a note at publicaffairs at elkgrovecity.org.